Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the science and development show from SciDevNet. I am Halima Athmani. In this episode, we are exploring the issue of how funding agencies support women in research. We take a look at the inequalities that still persist for women pursuing academic careers and ask how the playing field can be leveled up. With the history of male domination in science and technology, support for new initiatives pushing to change this narrative is crucial to ensure that women have access to funding for their research. Our reporter Michael Kaloki has been speaking to female scientists in Africa to hear about their experiences. While there are signs of progress, they highlight the challenges that remain in ensuring that funding for women is on equal scale to men. One of these scientists is Brightness Mangolotti, the director of Higher Education Resource Services, South Africa. Brightness has been vocal about the need to advance gender equality in academia, and she spoke to us about the situation in South Africa and the wider region. Currently, um, the situation in South Africa when it comes to funding, there has been some improvement when it comes to funding women within the context of South Africa. Uh, there is a level of inten intentionality, but I believe that more can be done because although these interventions are created and are available, they are still limited. Only a few women can benefit from that. And the other key issue is that budgeting within the higher education remains not gender responsive. Uh, that actually means when we say the budgeting is not gender responsive, that means the allocation of budget does not have a gender intelligence to translate policy commitment into gender-specific goals. Because one of the key things in South Africa is that we want to transform higher education Although our history speaks about transformation from the context of race, there have been more leaning on the racial issues or the racial identity to try to transform from being mainly white to black. But what is also important is that the agenda of transformation should not just be limited to race, should also echo gender transformation. And maybe whilst I'm talking about racial transformation and gender transformation, it is also important when we talk about gender transformation that we bear in mind the issue of intersectionality because although if maybe we are focusing on just women, but women are not universal. Women come from different races, different age, different genders and different nationality. And I believe when budget is allocated or funding is allocated, those things need to be taken into cognizance so that we can undo the injustice of the past. Now, over recent years, you have been vocal regarding advancing gender equality in academia. From your perspective, is there gender equality in funding in academia in South Africa and the continent? I would say yes and no. From a face value, yes. But if you look into the deeper perspective, uh, into what focus areas are being uh, funded, you'll find that the areas that are funded are still leaning more on males than the topics that women are more interested in doing research on. You can also look into the eligibility or the criteria that is set on who is eligible to apply for grant 
on the face value, it appears that everyone is open to apply. But some of the criteria touches on the issues of age. If you are above 40 years, then it means you do not qualify for this particular funding. And you find that most women, uh, the issue of reproduction takes place within the age of 25 and 40. So the issue of care responsibility plays a critical role during that appear or 25 and 40. So that automatically, that means it's exclude women. So most women, you find that they are more actively involved in research when they are at their 40s. And that automatically means they are not excluded. They are not included. That means they are not benefiting on the grants that exist within the context of the country. Although you find in other countries in Europe where they are sensitive to those factors, and they appreciate and understand that there is a reproductive journey that takes place when it comes to women. Thus, when it comes to women, they strictly stipulate that if it's women, then at least you should be 45 or under 45 years. But in South Africa, we are yet to venture in such criteria into uh, the, 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 the funding process. Brightness, you have more than a decade's worth of experience in lecturing and research supervision. How significant a role does funding play when it comes to research? Is there enough money being allocated in South Africa and the wider region? And are women in research receiving enough funds to undertake their projects? Research needs. Research funding is very critical, especially if one is an academic. Uh, there are two critical issues uh, that one can look into. Research plays a key role into knowledge creation, also, research plays a key role when it comes to knowledge dissemination. When I talk about cre uh, knowledge creation, I'm talking about data collection when you're doing a study, uh, data analysis. So when you collect your data, when you analyze your data, that actually means you need resources, you need instruments, you need research assistance, you need to pay for your travel, for your accommodation, stationary. All those things require funds. Imagine if you had to do research and not have your funds. That actually means you won't be able to complete your study. Secondly, from a distribution perspective, that comes to you presenting your findings or even presenting your proposal because it is always critical to engage with those that are in your discipline to get their input, to get their reflection. So part of the research funding should enable you to actually distribute your research by attending conferences, not just nationally, also international. And you can just imagine when you do national and local travel, that also the, the conference cost, the traveling cost, accommodation cost, and, and, and. So by providing that research funding, that also provides an opportunity for women to have a global footing. That also provides an opportunity for women to network, to collaborate, to create opportunity for collaboration. Because here's another catch. Although we're talking about grants within the context of university or within the context of Africa per se, but you'd find that there are a number of grants that exist internationally. And those international grants requires one to have international collaboration. So if one does not already have an international footing, then that also excludes them because they don't have people that they can reach out to and collaborate with. So thus, I believe, if women are provided with funding, that also means that they can contribute in knowledge creation. We all know that research is gender-focused or gender-centered. 
So the more women are part of the conversation, are bringing a different voice, the more we can have outcome that can be sustainable and contribute to the development of our continent as in Africa. And for me, I believe the more women are doing research, the more they become confident into their field. And the more confident they are, it does not only benefit them as women, but it also benefits the students that they are teaching. It also benefits the university because it affects the reputation of the institution positively to say, we have global scholars as a university. But it's still a disadvantage because if you look at the statistics, profoundly in a South African context, there are few females that are professors. There are few females that are having their PhD. Profoundly, you'd find that most of the females are sitting at the bottom rung. That is at an entry level within the higher education space. So by so doing, that actually means our systems are not transformed. Women are not part of decision making. But the more they get to do their PhD, complete their PhD, do more research in that discipline, the more they can now become part of committees within the university, especially statutory committees where critical decisions are made and where decisions about the research topics that can be funded uh, by institutions, even at the macro level, can be made. But if you do not have those voices, that actually means the voices that are put forward will still advance the current status quo, which is not assisting us in transforming and ensuring that we ask, uh, that achieve the 17 sustainability goals that have been set out by the United Nations. Same applies also with the 2063 agenda of the African Union. We are not going to achieve that if we are not going to have women as part of the people that are contributing into the research creation and the research distribution. It can be hard to know exactly how big the gap is between funding for men and women. Dorothy Ngila, the Strategic Partnerships Director at the National Research Foundation of South Africa, has led research into how funding agencies are financing women in research. She shared some of her insights. The report was done in the context of the Global Research Council, which is an organization that brings together all public funding agencies in the world um, and that to speak about the world of funding and how we do that better. And this report really was trying to understand from a funding agency perspective, what are the trends, what are the gaps, what are the experiences with regard to the collection of gender disaggregated data. And what we found were some very interesting aspects from a funding agency perspective. And I might add that there are 18 science granting councils or funding agencies on the continent that were also part of this work. So we found that the funding agencies are really getting to grips with the collection of data. They understand why this is important and especially regarding the integration of women and gender in research. We found that there are varied methodologies that they are using to understand and to collect, analyze and report on this data. 
And we also found that the majority of the councils really started to collect data in earnest about um, women, how they are funding women from about 2004. There's some interesting nuances to this which are related to other aspects um, in relation to equity-seeking groups. So, for example, what other data except women on women who are funded is uh, being provided or being collected by funding agencies. And here we find that the majority are collecting data on disability and also ethnicity in addition to focusing on gender. Very interesting snapshot of what's happening in the public funding agency environment globally, but also, of course, with very important additions from sub-Saharan Africa. Now, that report raises an interesting observation regarding the grant sizes and types that are given to women. Please, could you share more information about this? We know from studies now, numerous studies, that women are likely to receive fewer grants to begin with, but also that the grant sizes that are allocated to women just in general are also smaller. It is the same regardless of where you are looking at across the pipeline. So whether it's an early career, a mid-career, or an established researcher. Women are also less likely to receive grants that are associated with prestigious funding opportunities. What we were able to ask and find from this report was that actually many of the funding agencies are not actively collecting data so that our internal processes as funding agencies can be able to change and that we can be able to respond to these other studies that are normally done outside of the funding agency environment and rather looking at the principal investigators themselves. I would like to also add that women in terms of the funding sizes and in terms of the and in, in, in terms of the funding sizes and in terms of the number of women that are receiving the other component is that we find that there are fewer women if they receive the large grants that are the PIs, the principal investigators that are, that are leading this. So there's a question there around team research that we need to focus on. There is also a question around the whole pipeline and understanding that with regard to how the funding allocations are done in the grant sizes themselves. How important is it for funding agencies to think about women in research when they fund? And where are the current gaps in this regard? So really, really important. Um, when I talk about women in science specifically, which is where I, my interest is, I think about it in three different ways. I think about it from the perspective of numbers. So how many women do we have in academia and research? I think about it in terms of institutions. How are institutions changing their cultures so that they can be able, cultures, processes, systems, so that they can be able to enact the right policies and have the right procedures that support women in research? And I think about it in terms of the research itself. To what extent is the research that is being done 
understanding, uncovering, seeking the opinions of women and their needs, their capabilities, so that we that research findings and research conclusions are also applicable to the whole population and not just a group of people. And in all of these areas, funding agencies have a key role to play. We have a key role to play to ensure that more women access funds. We have a key role to play in terms of changing our policies and procedures so that they can be able to support better evaluation processes so that we can be able to redefine what we mean by research excellence from a funding agency perspective. And we have a very significant role to play when the proposals come into the funding agency to ask the question as to whether sex and gender have been used as units of analysis for the proposal that we are about to evaluate and the proposal that we are about to fund. So I see the role of the funding agency cutting across all of these uh, three components. What role does government policy play in regard to funding of women in academia? I often preface my speaking engagements when I talk about funding agencies and I specifically speak about the National Research Foundation of South Africa by saying that if we did not have the kind of an enabling environment in South Africa where we are guided by the policy directives of government, it would have been more difficult, I would say, to enact some of the programs that we have been able to enact. So policy plays a very significant component. The policy environment is what creates an enabler or sometimes uh, becomes a challenge for a lot of institutions of science, for even women in research. If you don't have the right policies in place, if you're not demanding that those institutions that are publicly mandated and are reporting to you must do something about this, then it, 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 it is a, it, it's a missed opportunity. And so a, a really good example always is for me, South Africa, because I am aware of it in a very significant way, how the enabling policy environment that the Department of Science and Innovation has provided for our system and just government in general about the importance of taking um, what we refer to as transformation in South Africa and within it, this idea of ensuring that women are supported in research I say that it is so critical um, to have that policy environment in place. We see now Mozambique, Kenya, uh, Rwanda, all having very progressive policies from a government perspective, and therefore it becomes easier for us to partner, even easier together to be able to mainstream these conversations better as public funding agencies as we grow and as we learn from each other how best to support women in research. Nima Tindamanyire is the Senior Research Coordination Officer for the Tanzania Commission for Science and Technology, or COSTEC. She shared her experience of the state of funding of women in academia in Tanzania. Do you know, COSTEC, we cover both uh, science, technology, and innovation. So I'll just chip in a bit on the part of the funding for research, uh, specifically for women. So what the uh, government is doing specifically with COSTEC, uh, we have tried to, uh, to increase 
funding or support to women. So some of the issues we have put, uh, we have developed a research and innovation grants manual. This is a document which stipulates the procedures on how to access different funding categories. But within that, we have tried to put a deliberate effort to support women. And one of them, we have a specific fund category to support women research. And this uh, we've put like this way because we want also to increase the female leadership in research projects. But also during the application procedure, we have put uh, eligibility criteria that the research team should include uh, both women and men, but also we have set 30% for the researcher goes to the, to the women. But also now when we, we decide on which uh, research to be supported, if they all have equal score, let's say they all score 75, so the preference will go to the female-led project. So this is how COSTEC now is seeing on the way how we could also support the female researchers to increase their leadership in their research. Also working for COSTEC is Hildegarde Mushi, who is the Social Sciences Section Manager. She spoke to us about how female education is valued in Tanzania. In terms of government policies, uh, in general, starting from the constitution to educational policies, to uh, policies about gender uh, and uh, st strategies about gender, there is a fr very friendly uh, policy environment for both girls and uh, boys to access their education. And uh, in some cases, uh, there is it is clearly stipulated that uh, girls should be uh, should be promoted and encouraged to access education resources, uh, but it, and because of that, and there has been also various campaigns uh, to promote girls' engagement in education and also in specific uh, disciplines, specific for instance in STEM. There have also been a lot of government and other civil society donor-driven, and also the government itself taking initiative to promote uh, girls to go to, I mean, to access education uh, uh, on various ends. I think that has has given a lot of fruits in terms of uh, increased enrollment at all levels for 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 girls and for women from the uh, from the lower levels of education, primary up to to the to the PhDs level. Generally, uh, the, 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 the education, uh, the, the tendency of prioritizing education for boys has declined a lot, especially we're talking about in northern Tanzania. This is a, uh, the, these are regions that are historically known to, to, to be very, very sensitive, very awake to education and to, to, to I'm, I'm motivated to take their children to schools. And the, the, the attitude has changed a lot. And we see that uh, everyone, every parent wants their children go to, to outside uh, and go to school. And even for the families that you only find a mother who is there, you find that the, the woman is ready to do anything to, to, to make that their, their children go to school, especially especially to the northern uh, regions, but also it has permeated to all regions in Tanzania. And this has really uh, given good fruits in terms of uh, enrollment in all educational institutional education uh, institutional institutions at all levels so it has improved it has improved a lot 
And we, we, we can see that, uh, and why it has improved, uh, it is only that, it's also that parents and communities, uh, things have also changed at the social space, where you find that parents have realized that their, their girl children are equally valuable, very close to their parents, they will take care of their parents. Sometimes they say even better than boys when they, 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 are, they are grown up. So you find that some uh, parents heavily relying on their girl children with least education even than the, the boys who had been educated previously. So that has, men, has managed to change a lot of attitudes and now every parent is seeking to get their children to school. And another issue is that the trend from edu from educational levels, it's it when it, going up from the primary to the secondary to bachelor degrees to masters to PhD, you find that the number of women is thinning. We, we still have we still that have that practice, but it has a, it has improved a lot. What could fair and equal funding mean for female researchers in Africa? To find out. We are going back to brightness, Mangolotti. I think for starters, uh, being in an academic space, one requires to have a PhD. And we all know that most, majority of women, when they get into higher education, especially black women, they are appointed at an entry level. And that actually means they do not have PhD. So the funding can actually help them to get their PhD. The most important thing is getting that bursary. And that bursary helping you to actually uh, not even think about how am I going to pay for my studies, but focus on doing your studies. So it's completing the PhD, but also having completed the PhD, being part of the conversation, being part of the researcher, that also contribute to you as a researcher, being a recognized researcher, having a niche area that you can talk about and positioning yourself. And the more you have a research niche area, the more you can also attract students that can further their studies within the institution that you are working in. And that also benefits the university. But for me, profoundly, it's not just about having PhD. It's not just about having research. It's also about ensuring that Women are part of the decision makers. And we know that if you want to be part of the decision makers within the higher education, the highest level of, 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 of ranking one needs to have is to be a professor. So for them, having that funding helps them to move up the ranks. And that also provides them better opportunities for them to meet the criteria and be appointable for leadership position. And for me, it also means that are being included, being uh, creating inclusive voices within the decision-making of the university, being part of the strategic committees within the university. And also that goes back into being part of the grant decision-making because I believe the more the structure is skewed towards a particular gender, the more it disadvantages a particular gender. And I'm not saying that the, the, the committees are not objective, but I think the more inclusive the committee becomes, the more we can look at the application from a holistic perspective with different lenses. And that actually helps us to make designful decisions in who becomes the beneficiary of the grants that are allocated. And importantly, and lastly, I think uh, it, it also provides confidence to women. I think in a context of South Africa or context of Africa, we also talk about quotas. 
where it is believed that women are appointed because of their gender. But the more you, 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 you get into leadership role, the more you actually show that you are capable, not just because of your gender, you have expertise. That also gives confidence to women. That also gives them courage to speak more, to be the voice of the voiceless. And that, for me, also contributes in creating a critical mass that is going to transform our university from what they are at this particular juncture. That's all from us at Africa Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SIDEPnet website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst with editing by Jackie Opara-Fatoye and reporting by Michael Kaloki. I am Halima Thmani. Until next time, goodbye. Do you have any comments, questions or feedback about our podcast episodes? Let us know at podcast at .net. Africa Science Focus is produced by SIDEV.net and distributed in association with your local radio station. This podcast was supported by the Science Granting Council's initiative, which aims to strengthen the institutional capacities of 18 public science funding agencies in sub-Saharan Africa.